Welcome back to the Mark Out Movie Podcast. This is Brandon Spivey, and I'm just hoping you had a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you had a really good weekend. Uh, so today I'm bringing you Clearing My Queue. Okay, so this is a, a different episode of Clearing My Queue. Um, I'm doing a movie trilogy, and I'm not doing a movie trilogy of something that's well known or something that's really good. I'm doing a movie trilogy about three movies that came out in a six-year span, 1994 to two, to the year 2000, where they're basically known, if they are known, for ripping off Die Hard. Uh, so this is not going to be a review of something that I love, even though the first one I think is okay. Uh, the sequels are really bad. Um, but I just felt, after watching this trilogy, which I didn't even know was a trilogy when I started watching it, I'd just like to say this. Amazon Prime has a lot of action films from the 90s and 80s, right? Has a lot of horror films from that era as well. But it it has a lot of action and horror films that are really bad. (laughs) And if you ever get a chance to watch some of these, waste your time watching some of these, you're going to laugh at it and you're going to be like, Man, if I reviewed movies, this was something I would review because how bad it is. But let's get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. I am doing Cracker Jack. Uh, A movie trilogy that happened. Honest to God, happened. And I'm going to review it today. And uh, it's going to be in three parts. I'm going to take the first part. This will be the first part, the first film. Second part is going to be the sequel. Then the third. Um... And hopefully you enjoy this. I don't know how long this is going to be. I'm going to have fun talking about it. Uh, I, as I said, the first one's not actually that bad. It's really not. I I had a decent time with it. Uh, but, you know, it's diehard. Uh, but here, let's get into it. Okay. After losing his wife and kids to a mob hit, Chicago cop Jack Wilde agrees to accompany his brother's family on a holiday at a ski resort in the Rocky Mountains. Unfortunately, the resort is also playing host to a mob boss, carrying a stash of stolen diamonds as well as neo-Nazi Nazi Ivan Getz. <laughs> just when I hear that name, I just think of Leo Getz from Lethal Weapon franchise. But anyway, uh, who wants the loot for himself? Soon, the entire resort is taken hostage, and Wild is the only one able to put a stop to it. Came out August 18, 1994, a day before I turned 11. Uh, the scores right now, it's got a 4.6 on IMDb out of 10. Letterbox gives it a 2.7 out of 5. Not bad, you know, not bad. Excuse me. Uh, let's go to Rotten Tomatoes. On the tomato meter, it has a. No reviews. Nobody has watched this as far as critics go. Audience score, though, is 25%. Now, let's get into the cast real quick who's in this movie. I'm not going to name everybody. I'm just going to name the main three people. Uh, Thomas Ian Griffith plays Jack Wild. Now, let's talk about him for a little bit. Thomas Ian Griffith. What do we know him from? Most people that know this guy know him from... The Karate Kid Part 3, uh, where he played Terry Silver. John Kreese's best friend from the war. You know, you know, they 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 team up together to take down LaRusso and Miyagi. You know. 
So that's what most people really know him from. Also, if you watch people that watch that movie, will say that his character is a knockoff of Steven Seagal. That's just what that people say. But he also did uh, John Carpenter's Vampires. I want to say he played Villette. I think that was the name of the vampire John, that uh, that James Wood is hunting. I really liked him in that role as well. Uh, but he's made some other uh, action flicks in the 90s as well. Uh, but yeah, this is his vehicle. He is essentially playing John McClane here um, as Jack Wild. Okay. Now, so Natasha Kinski plays KC Kozlovskia. She's like the the love interest after he loses his family up on his trip. Um, Really no character development with her. But anyway, but somehow, and I say, I I can't stress this enough. Somehow, they got Christopher Plummer to play Ivan Getz. I don't know how. Honestly, I have no idea how they got Christopher Plummer to be in this movie. But they did. Now, let's talk about some positives. Positives, Thomas Ian Griffith playing Jack Wilde. I think he's good in this role. I totally believed him. Uh, it's, you know, it's just unfortunate that it took, it, it, it looked so much like Die Hard, just, you know, in a ski resort. Um, unfortunately, Christopher Plummer's good in the movie as well. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a cheaply done movie, though, and you could tell that, and, and like I said, I don't know how they got Christopher Plummer, uh, who's a legend in this business, uh, in the world of acting, but they got him, uh, maybe he needed the money, maybe he just, maybe he liked his script, maybe he thought this was gonna be big, uh, you know, to play this type of villain, uh, I don't know, I, I can't answer that question, all I can say is, it was cheaply done. And it was so much like Die Hard. Every aspect of this movie is like Die Hard. Now, at the beginning, I'm liking it because it's not like Die Hard. You know, he's in Chicago, and, you know, he, he, he's, he's, he's a loose cannon. He's All he does is, you know, he uses force and excessive force. And I think that's actually one of his movies, is excessive force. Uh, but... Like before he did this movie, like I was, I want to say early nineties. He had a couple movies that hit the theaters in the early nineties, uh, but I guess they did poorly because they looked at him as a Seagull wannabe. Um, I tell you what, though, I tell you this: I prefer Thomas Ian Griffith over Steven Seagal. I think he's a better actor. I'm not gonna say he's a better fighter, but I think he's a better actor. I believed him in roles more than I did Seagal. Another thing is, Seagal wouldn't let anyone hit him. <laughs> if you watch his movies, he wouldn't let anybody hit him. And, and that's not that's not that's not fabrication fabrication either. You go back and you watch Seagal's biggest films in the late eighties, early nineties. No one got a lick on him. Not one person. At least Van Damme let somebody beat him up occasionally, and he would overcome in the end. Me and Aaron actually had to talk about this the other day on Movie News with uh, uh, Jason Statham, Vin Diesel, and The Rock, and their contracts, they can't beat up too badly. They can't get beat up too badly. Seagal had it in his contract, apparently. Obviously, he couldn't get hit once. <laughs> but, I'm going to get off Steven Seagal here real, real quick. But, yeah, I mean, 
you know, you get your typical, uh, you know, uh, bad guys here, no character development, just guys with guns, basically stuntmen with guns. And they're shooting, you know, it, it, it's, it's, for, for that time period, a lot of movies did that. You know, th- this was, this felt like straight to VHS at the time, because there wasn't DVD at the time. So, it's straight to VHS type movie, but you can have a good time with this movie. Uh, you, you can enjoy it for what it is as, as well, uh, you know, um. But like I said, I really like Jack in this movie. I like the character Jack Wilde. That's the main thing. I like Thomas in the role of of him. Uh, I think he 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 tries. Like I really believe this character is is true. I, I believe it's it's a real character. Uh, even despite the movie and its flaws, I believe Thomas brought something to this character. He tried, and you know he didn't come back for the sequels at all, uh, which I can understand why, because uh, they got cheaper. <laughs> uh, especially the sequel. The second one really was cheap. Um, but, you know, I, overall, I had a decent time with it. I, I'm not going to give it a fresh score here, but I had a decent time. Uh, like, he's fighting someone on a, on a balcony, right? And he's rolling over the... Um, he gets on the roof and he starts rolling over. And he falls and it, I was just like, "Well, that's probably gonna kill him." But no, no, he just he just gives him a scratch. Uh, but you know, there's no big dialogue. You know, there's no you know nothing, no memorable dialogue here. The sequel has one memorable dialogue piece, uh, but I'll get to that in a few minute in a few moments. Uh, but you know, like I said, the bad guys. The mercenaries are your typical mercenaries for these type of uh, 90s B-movie action films. Um, I think like one or two actually had lines in the movie. Everyone else just is pointing a gun and shooting at Jack Wilde. Um, and, you know, anyone could have played Jack Wilde. But I thought Thomas did a well job. I, I, the best, you know... He was the best in in this character. I got something to say about the third one because, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. But I thought Thomas was really good in the role. Christopher Plummer I thought was really good in the role, but anyone could have played his character as well. There wasn't much depth there. He he did it for money. He he was greedy, and he, that's that's the only reason you really get. He double crossed his partner. Um, I I guess it was Sonny La, La Rosso, played by George. Tuliatos, I, I probably botched that. I'm sure it did. But, you know, I, overall, man, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. And the sequels made us look like an Oscar winner. And I, I had a decent time with it. Uh, like I said, the action scenes, they're, they're, they're your typical B-movie action scenes in the 90s. From straight to video. I'm... You know, not like Point Break or Speed or Die Hard with a Vengeance or Cliffhanger or any of the classics action films of the 90s. Uh, you, you don't get that here. You don't get uh, any great one-liners either. And, you know, the, the, the bomb goes off and there's like an avalanche and it just... 
The CGI is bad because they didn't, they couldn't really blow up the building, so they made it look like CGI. They did it for all three films, though. They couldn't blow up anything. They didn't have the money to blow up anything, so they just had a CGI. And it's bad. It's really bad. But overall, I mean, I actually kind of enjoyed this movie. I mean, I can't give it a fresh score, of course. But I did find, I was, it was mildly entertaining. Um, you know, and look, it, I mean, I, I have fun with it. Like I said, uh, it's your basic diehard story. I mean, the, there is a scene where the military is coming up. And they're going to get ambushed like they did in Die Hard. I mean, everything you've seen in Die Hard happens in this movie. Um, you know, it just does. Oh, man, it just does. It, it, it's not a good movie, but you can have you can find some entertainment in it. And there you go. Uh, so I'm going to pause this. I'm going to take a moment and get ready for the sequel, Cracker Jack 2. Uh, like I said, Thomas didn't return. Uh, nobody from the first film returned. It's it's Jack Wilde returns, but a different actor is portraying Jack Wilde. So I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, my score for this film, though, is a 2.5 out of 5 on the markout meter. Um, like I said, I mean, I had a decent time with it. Like, I couldn't give it to a fresh score. But when you see the other scores, you're going to be like, Okay, he, he really liked this movie much better than he liked the other two. And that's the, that's the truth. The other two make me laugh. And they're really bad. But yeah, I mean, if you have Amazon Prime and you like watching bad action films, I definitely recommend watching Cracker Jack. I can't recommend watching the entire series, but the first film, you know what you're getting. It's a bad movie. It's a rip-off of the art. And they all have a trend here. They all have a trend of ripping off... Bruce Willis. And I have a thing. I have a, I have a proposition for Hollywood. If anyone's listening out there. And they know about these films. I have a proposition for what you could do for Cracker Jack 4. <laughs> but anyway, I'll be right back. Uh, like I said, they're on Amazon Prime right now. A lot of bad action movies are on Amazon Prime right now. Um, go check it out if you like watching bad movies. Or, you know, bad action movies. But anyway, I'll be right back. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is my second part of the episode. Cracker Jack 2, also known as Hostage Train. So let's get right into it here, people. Let's get right into it. A police officer discovers that an infamous terrorist is on board a train that is transporting his girlfriend and some rich businessmen. Without a moment's doubt, he decides to save everyone from the clutches of the terrorist. It has a 3.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Came out in 1997. No scores on Rotten Tomatoes, audience or critics. Let's just get right into it. Judge Reinhold plays Jack Wild. Um, so yeah, Judge Reinhold, who I know best for the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy, also uh, Santa Claus, Disney Santa Claus. I mean, I know he's done other work and he's done other films, but that's what I remember him most from. Carol Alt plays Dana Townsend, different character from the first movie, uh, his girlfriend in this movie. Michael Cesarin plays Smith, the real villain. Here's a kicker, though. 
Carol Roden plays Hans Becker. <laughs> uh, you know, supposedly this is the guy that killed Jack's family, Hans Becker. So he's hunting him, right? He's been hunting him. I don't know. It, it just... You know, I feel like it was the only way to connect the first movie to this movie was that he finally kills the person that killed his wife or and, and kid and kids. Um, but what I love about this movie is they take a scene from the first movie, the bombing, which was a really bad bombing in that first movie. Uh, the CGI, like I said, they couldn't blow up anything. <laughs> the CGI was really bad in that, in that scene. Uh, but they take that scene from that first movie and insert it here. And I'm like, like, are we supposed to forget that Thomas Ian Griffith was playing Jack Wilde and Judge Reinhold's now playing it? They look nothing alike. They act nothing alike. I mean, it's basically two different characters. Just using the same name. It really is. Um, this movie is really bad. It's so laughable. Uh, you know, Judge is awful as Jack Wilde. It, it, the only reason to watch this movie is to watch Judge Reinhold try to play an action hero. <laughs> no, no nonsense kind of guy. Just you know, just him attempting to be John McClane. Uh, basically, I mean, this is Die Hard. Meets Under Siege 2 in a tunnel. This is what this is. And it's notoriously bad. Uh, I will say the bright spot though here is. Carol Alt as the girlfriend. She's really good in this movie. She's trying. Michael Cesarin is really good too as Smith. Now the reason that they take all these people hostage. Just to steal their money. That's the only reason. And then they kill them. So I mean. You know. That is your plot of the movie. They're taking these people hostage to steal their bank accounts. And, you know, Jack Wilde's got to save the day. Um, and he kind of does. <laughs> it's just, it's so bad. Uh, this is a very forgettable film. Uh, it got 3.4 on IMDb. And that's being generous, I'm telling you. It is literally the one, it's one of the worst action films I've ever seen in my life. It really is. It's funny. It, I, I laughed a lot watching just Judge trying to play Jack Wilde. I, I laughed a lot. And this movie makes Cracker Jack look like a real action film. Like, like I gave it a 2.5. But it, this made it look like it was a, a, maybe a 4.5. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, this movie's bad. Um, but it does have some bright spots with the villain and the t and the and the girlfriend. Now there is one scene like there's was one scene like um Jack's talking to Hans Becker. <laughs> Hans Gruber. Uh <laughs> He's talking to Hans Becker and he's like, "You actually thought I killed your wife?" No. It was just so bad. It was as bad as my delivery there. It was it was even worse. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it just, it's like, it turns out that he didn't kill his wife. So this whole point of him thinking this guy killed his wife actually didn't happen. It was uh, Smith was responsible, apparently. 
Let's just throw that in there. He was responsible. See, I actually thought in the first film that uh, Christopher Plummer's character had his wife killed. I thought that was the the reveal at the end. Apparently, I misread that or missaw that or something. Or they just changed it completely in the sequel. Uh, I'm not really sure. Like I said, these movies are forgettable, but they're fun to watch while you're watching them. You know, if you like bad films or you like to laugh at films that try to be serious and just are notoriously bad uh so yeah but i liked him as smith though he 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 brought something to the, the character even though it was a cookie cutter bad guy he, he he i remember him i remember him more than i do judge other than this line right here everything's about to blow up he's got 18 seconds why do you have 18 seconds on the clock still usually at this point in time it, it's less than 10 seconds you're showing but yeah that's showing at 18 seconds and Dana, played by Carol Alt, asking Jack, what do we do? And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not lying here. Multiple seconds go off. Almost ten seconds, if not ten, go off that clock before he says anything. They're just, like, looking at each other, staring at each other. Like, it's very awkward as well. They're just, like, looking at each other. It's like, and then he finally says, duck. <laughs> duck? A bomb's going to go off. You're going to say duck? What is this? What is this? Seriously, duck? Not run? Just duck? What do you think ducking's gonna do for you, Jack? Jack, what are you thinking here, man? Come on. Judge, go home. Go home. Jesus, man. Man. Oh, it, it reminds me of Alan Iverson. I don't know why. Right now, it just reminds me of Alan Iverson. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about a game. We're talking about practice. And here I am thinking, duck. We talking about a bomb going off in 18 seconds. What are we gonna do? We're gonna duck. We're gonna duck. Like yeah, it's no. It don't make sense why I just said Alan Iverson. I, I it just hit me. I don't know. I don't know. There's no connection. <laughs> but it just hit me, and I'm like, duck, really? This is the most memorable line from these three movies, though. This is what I remember the most. This is what I remember the most about uh, Cracker Jack Two. 18 seconds left to go. You're not running. You're not scared to death. You're just sitting there looking at each other right in the eyes. In about 10 seconds, go up that clock and you say, duck. Like, really? A bomb's going off, Jack. <laughs> and you're saying, duck. What is ducking going to do for you? Oh, man, this is so bad. I loved it, though. I did. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to give it a positive score. I'm, I'm going to give it the worst score of the three movies because it was the worst. It, man, just to see Judge Reinhold trying to play an action star is worth watching this movie. But see him give that line at the end of the movie, duck, is just priceless. I'm going to remember that line for the rest of my life. I may incorporate that line in a, in a, in a story one day that I may end up wanting to write something so bad and I'll think of that line. And I'll, I'll, I'll write a scene that says, this, you know, just, this line hit me and it stayed with me throughout these three movies. Not a lot of lines stayed with me, but this one did. Because it's memorable. Because it's so bad. It, it's so bad, it's so good. <laughs> just, it's so good. Oh, man, duck. So you're in a situation, right? Bomb's going off. Just say duck. Just say duck. I mean... Oh man, that's awesome! I, 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 if I ever meet Judge Reinhold, I'm gonna go 
So a bomb's going off. You have 18 seconds. What do you do, Jack? What do you do? And I'm quoting speed right now, and I, I don't care. What do you do, Jack? And I hope to God he remembers saying duck. <laughs> because it is the greatest line in B-movie action cinema history for being so bad it's so good <laughs> oh man just duck man yeah so yeah i'm having fun with this review because nothing important really happens in this movie it you know you, the characters are except for smith the characters are work like i said smith's basically christopher christopher plummer here michael's sarah Zan's Basically, Christopher Plummer. He brings something to this character that shouldn't be brought. Look, this character... He plays it like Hans Gruber, essentially. Which, I mean, it is not hard. And meets Under Siege too, Because they're on a train and everything. So, yeah. It, 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 it's amazing. And there's a, there's a covered art to this movie. That has a helicopter... There's an explosion. That never happens in the movie. We never see a helicopter exploding. You know, we don't see that. So, I mean, kudos for them creating that. But they have, again, they didn't have money to blow up anything. <laughs> it's bad CGI again. Uh, but, man, I, I enjoyed. I think the movie is one of the worst films I've ever seen. But I enjoyed watching Judge play action star. I enjoyed Michael Sarazen playing Smith. I enjoyed Carol Alt playing Dana Townsend. I enjoyed this. Uh, my score for this film is a 1 out of 5 on the markout meter, but I laugh at this movie, and and it's more memorable to me than the third movie, which I think is a little bit better than this movie. Um, they had some funny moments as well, and I don't know what they were doing in that movie, but yeah, this movie's bad. Just remember, if you're in a hostage situation, the bomb's going off, if someone asks you what you do, you wait 10 seconds and respond. Just look in their eyes. You just like, duck. <laughs> you just, I mean, it's just, oh man, I love it. I love it. But I seriously, I, I did a letterbox review of this, and I quoted the duck line again. And I said, Judge, go home, go home. But come back for Beverly Hills Cop 4. Because I love him as that character in Beverly Hills Cop 4. Uh, been forever since I've seen those movies. But I do love him. And I don't know if he's scheduled to come back or not. Um, Billy Rosewood. Yeah, I love him in that movie. And I love him as Neil in the Santa Clauses too. Uh, but yeah, he hasn't... He hasn't As of right now, he's not cast to return for Beverly Hills Cop 4. Uh, I hope he does, though. I mean, all seriousness, I love Judge Reinhold. I do. Uh, but he was terrible in this movie. Uh, but terrible so much, he left an impression. You know, when you leave an impression like that, that's that's fun. I mean, that's really good. When you can leave an impression like that, impression... Um, on me watching a bad movie bad dialogue oh man this dialogue was worse this time around than it was 
the first go around. Like Thomas played the character well. He was just in a bad movie. It was in a bad rip off of Die Hard. Judge can't pull off the action star. I, I love the guy, man, I do. But he cannot pull off the action star. He's a comedic actor, you know? I mean, I'm not saying he can't pull off a serious role. I've seen him do serious before, and he did pretty good with it. But he really is more of a comedic actor. I mean, he is great in the Beverly Hills Cop films. I love him. He. I, I'll tell you what. Billy Rosewood is, you know, I love Atzel Foley. You know, I love Atzel. Eddie Murphy is Atzel Foley. But I think Billy brings so much to that film. And he had so much, you know, that without him, I don't know if I like that movie as much. I'm not saying I like Billy better than Atzel or anything, but I'm just saying he brings a lot to it. He's a big piece to the puzzle for the Beverly Hills Cop films. But, you know, I'm going to end our review here with um, Cracker Jack 2. Uh, I enjoyed it uh, because it was so bad. Of course, I can't give it a good score. It's a terrible film. It's terrible. But just to see Judge play an action star is worth watching. It's on Amazon Prime, ladies and gentlemen. On Am- They're all on Amazon Prime. Like you can go and you can find some really bad movies on Amazon Prime. Like I don't normally do these type of reviews, um, but these films left an an impression on me. Like I was like, okay, I got I got to review it because they're so bad. But I uh, will be right back with the third film, uh, Cracker Jack Three. Um, and this one's gonna be fun. This one's gonna be fun to do because. I'll get to it when I get to it. Uh, when I come back, I'll get to it. I'll, I'll tell you exactly why it's going to be fun. And it's just, yeah. Thank you for listening, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I'm having a good time doing this one. Um, so I'll be right back with Cracker Jack 3. And welcome back uh, to Clearing My Cue, Cracker Jack 3. Uh, so let's get right into it. A group of retired spies who were once enemies are forced to work together in an attempt to retrieve a neutron bomb stolen by a group of new wave high-tech operatives who have supplanted them in the post-Cold War intelligence game. Uh, it was released in 2000. Uh, it's got a 3.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, that's the only score it gives. No Rotten Tomato scores this time around either. Let's see who's in this movie, shall we? Alright, Bo Svensson. Svensson. Uh, plays Jack Thorne. So no Jack Wilde, even though the cover art says Jack is back. So no Jack Wilde, but we do have a Jack. So there you go. But Bo is from, I know him best from Walking Tall 2 and 3. The original Walking Tall films he took over in part two and part three as Buford. So he's great in those roles. So I was like looking at this scene. This movie got made and it's on Amazon Prime. I was like, well, he, I liked him in those movies. So he's probably going to be pretty good here. Oliver Gruner plays Marcus Clay. Uh, he's the villain in this film. Um, I remember him from a film in 1995 called The Fighter, which had... Ian Ziering from the Beverly Hills 90210 fame, also Sharknado fame. 
he was in it. I actually liked it. It was a Western kind of kickboxing film. I liked it. I really liked it. I liked him in it. Leo Rossi plays Ricky Santerian Ramos, who I really know him mostly from uh, Fast Getaway 1 and 2 with Corey Haim, Cynthia Rothrock, and Halloween 2. He's one of the EMTs. Uh, so, yeah, I knew him from that. And it stars Amy Weber. She's Kelly Jones. I mainly know Amy from uh, The Pumpkin Carver, which was in like an early 2000s horror film. Uh, I, I rented that on, uh, I think we had Prom Star at the time, and I, I liked that movie actually back then, you know. But watching it now, I probably hate it. But I was also a kid back then, so, uh, well, 16, 17 years old, I would say, when it first came out, I think. Around that age. Uh, but I really know her from her brief, very brief, but I do remember it, stint in WWE in the mid-2000s. Like, so I, I, that's what I know her from. But yeah, Bo is retired. Uh, he plays Jack. He's retired. Uh, he's going fishing. Uh, Oliver's trying to set up him and these four other guys. They're killing people, trying to blame him. Uh, and uh, there is some weird music when he's trying to fish and he has no form whatsoever fishing i mean it, it's horrible it's it's awful it's got it is weird funky music when he's there's and i say weird funky music but it's country music but it's weird and it's funky <laughs> he, he's he's really he's not even reeling it in he's just pulling back and pulling going forward pulling back going forward and i'm like dude you got no form and, and this music just gets weird and you know they they try to and insert comedy in this film that is so bad it's funny like i have like yeah i mean it's just it's really bad and somehow amy gets taken hostage by uh oliver in this movie and they follow her and just this ultimately this movie's bad um it's a little funny but it's just really bad uh like Bo's awful in the movie. Oliver's he's a kickboxer for Pete's sake here, man. He does no kickboxing. None. Acting's not his you know, his 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 best. I mean he's just not a very good actor. He's a he's a kickboxer. He is like uh I compared him to a poor man's Van Damme. You know, he's a poor man's Van Damme and Van Damme wasn't a great actor in his heyday. He, I think he's a lot better today than he was then. But, you know, in his heyday, he was, you know, it, it wasn't the acting you went and seen his films for. It was the fighting. And, and for the women, I guess it was because they liked how he looked. But <laughs> Leo Rossi, I, I kind of dug his character. Uh, you know, he didn't do a lot. But, you know, I, I kind of dug it. He, he has some comedic chops. Amy Weber really... She does nothing in this movie. Uh, nothing at all. Um, she just is a pretty face. That's that's it. Uh, but, you know, the, the, there is one fight scene towards the end of the movie that was so awkward to watch. It was between Oliver and uh, Bo. And I honestly felt Bo forgot how to act in this movie. Uh, it, it, his performance was bad. Uh... I was like, this ain't Jack Wilde when he's old. <laughs> and that, that's, that's, that's the thing, though. You call him this Cracker Jack 3, and it's no Jack 
wild. Well, here's the other thing, though. This film reminded me of another <laughs> Bruce Willis film, which is Keeping the Trend. That's rip off Bruce Willis. But this actually happened before this Bruce Willis film, but I can't help but think, hey, it's a coincidence that it, it reminds me of this Bruce Willis film. And it's called Red, based off the comic book. Uh, I think it's comic book. Graphic novel, comic book, whatever. Uh, I don't know if it's like a big series of comic books or if it's just like one big graphic novel, but it it, it reminded me of Red. And I was like, man, <laughs> that's something. Not as good as Red, but that's something, you know. And so it brings me to this point. Uh, I'm not going to talk much about this one. Um, I, I basically told you everything. Uh, it's just, it's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, you know, uh, they kind of set it up for a fourth film. Kind of. Uh, but yeah, it's a bunch of nonsense. This film's a bunch of nonsense. It, it's, it's, it's. These kids know they, they they come across these kids who know more about what's going on than they do. <laughs> like eight nine year old kids know more about what's going on than they do, and they apparently were in the CIA. Uh, you know, it's just whoa, really? You know, and they're not like geniuses kids. The normal average kids, you know. Oh man, this, it was just another poor attempt at comedy, and it just didn't work. Um. But, you know, that's that's how it went. But my score for this film would be a 1.5. I, I did enjoy it better than Cracker Jack 2. Although, not a good movie. Uh, but, you know, here's my thought process of this series. Uh, shouldn't have been... Honestly, shouldn't have went past the first movie. Uh, you're not going to bring Thomas back. You, you shouldn't make a sequel. Uh, and you do. And, like I said... Uh, in my previous review there, duck, but, you know, yeah, I think you should duck this series, <laughs> but, if they were to make a fourth one, this came out 20 years ago, right, so if they were, were to make a Cracker Jack 4, they won't, but if they were to remake it, or make a fourth film, I mean, why not keep your trend going? You're you're mainly known for ripping off Bruce Willis, Die Hard, and 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 looking very familiar to the movie called Red, which came out ten years before Red did. So, but still, the trend in your films is you rip off Bruce Willis, who's not as big as he was then. Um, I could see them bringing, you know, part four be Jack Wild, right? But have Bruce Willis play him. Play a parody of himself. Make fun of Die Hard. Make fun of all his big movies. And just call it Jack Cracker Jack 4. I, I, I mean, for the people that have seen it, would probably understand and get it. Uh, it's a parody film. Satire. Uh, Bruce Willis making fun of his own movies in his heyday. So, I mean, that would be my idea for Cracker Jack 4. Uh, I don't know. They probably wouldn't do it, but I think that'd be hey. Even if they didn't do it, that'd be a cool idea. I think for Bruce Willis to do, kind of make fun because that gets him back in the limelight, right? Because he his movies, typically speaking, a lot of people don't go see them. I think like uh, I think uh, Glass was probably the most people went and seen him in in a really long time. 
maybe since Looper. But his film's not going to theaters hardly. And Death Wish went, but uh, I heard it was a bad movie. I haven't seen it. Um, I've only seen the original once, and that was like last year. I finally finally got to see the original. So I haven't seen those sequels to the legendary Charles Bronson franchise. But you know, I would love to see Bruce Willis do a parody film of himself, like kind of like Nick Cage is doing. He's making fun of himself. Um, he's at that point where he can do that, and and it, it it it'll be a resurgence for him. And he's already getting a resurgence. I would love to see Bruce get one. Um, and at this point, he makes all these bad movies. He did, he, he's, you know, he's kind of done it to himself. But at the same time, you know, we all, you know, every actor that was big in the 80s, 90s goes down. But it's nice for to see them have a research. Look at Keanu Reeves. And he went down. And look at look what John Wick did to his career, and it's brought him back. He is truly one of the biggest actors today. He's bigger today than I think he ever was. I honestly believe that. He's bigger right now than he ever was. And it's not going to last forever, you know. But, you know, the, the really good ones, the really passionate actors out there that, that lose that limelight, find a way to get it back. Sylvester Stallone has done it every decade with something. Uh, he'd be down on his luck, then something will come his way. You know, look, I mean, I think it was Expendables to start off the 2010s. You know, he did Expendables, then he, he went and did um, Creed that brought him back. Then he got to do Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Uh, I mean, you know... Of course, he does some hits and misses. He just brought back Rambo, uh, which I personally loved. So, I mean, you know, I, you always like to see people that were big back in the day have a resurgence. Me personally, the next one I look forward to happening and hope it happens is John Travolta. I, he fell, and I, I man, I, it just happened. You know, people, you age, they get tired of seeing you. And. But he also did, I guess he did some movies that were questionable. I mean, I've liked some of them, but I haven't seen the last four or five. Uh, I heard they're bad, but I haven't seen them, so I, I don't know if they're bad or not. Like, I look forward to watching Gotti. Don't know if it's good. I've heard it's terrible, but I was looking forward to seeing it. I was, was wanting to see it in theaters. Didn't get, didn't come here. Uh, another one, The Fanatic. I thought that looked great. I knew it was going to be a low-budget film, but I thought the look of him looked great. Now, the movie could suck. It could be really bad. But I say his acting, and it's really good. And that's probably why I'll give it a fresh score when I do actually watch it, uh, because, I mean, I don't care about Devin Sawa's character. I don't, I'm not there for that. I'm there to see Travolta, you know, play this crazy, crazed fan who who's... Mentally unstable or mentally challenged. I, he looks like he's mentally challenged, but I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I always look forward to people having these resurgence. I, I think it's nice. It's it's nice to see. Uh, but you know, I think Arnold deserves one, but he just can't catch a break. But yeah, I mean, and that would be my idea for a Cracker Jack Four is Bruce Willis playing a parody of himself. You know, all his big films, making fun of them, because uh, I think that's what Cracker Jack became. You know. You know, it came a parody almost. I think they even noticed that in the third film. That's why they tried to make it a little comedy, but it just didn't work. 
like I said, I give it a 1.5. I hopefully you've enjoyed <laughs> these reviews of these bad movies. Um, I enjoyed doing it, especially the second movie. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> but, you know, I normally don't do these type of movie reviews, but this one called out to me, and I was like, I got to review them. You know, I got to talk about talk about them a little bit. But, yeah, the fishing scenes in this one, though, were just, like, was so out of the blue. Like, like it's just not one scene. It's, like, several scenes of this guy trying to fish. And his aim, his form is so bad. Now, God bless my uncle. If he was still alive and he saw this, how he'd be cussing. Cussing up a storm about this guy and his form of how he fished. And it's just... just there, there, there's a, there's a, a guy trying to kill him while he's fishing. It's just bad. It's just really bad. The music makes it worse. Oh man! But hopefully you've enjoyed the Cracker Jack trilogy review of Clearing My Q. Um, I have fun with it. Um, if you have not, go check out Aaron's review of Troll. He did it last night. Clearing My Q on Cinemax. Again. These are on Amazon Prime where you can find a bunch of bad action movies, bad horror films. Um, as a kid, I didn't realize they were bad. Like the Cynthia Rothrock films. I watched them as an adult. I'm like, I liked these films as, as a kid. Um, but yeah, you know. You don't know what you're watching as a kid. All you're paying attention to is the martial arts. I, I, that's why... I, Kind of been wanting to watch them because of the martial arts. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I don't know what to say after this. Uh, I had a good time reviewing it. Uh, hopefully you had a good time listening. Um, this is Brandon Spivey from the Mark Out Movie Podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed marking out with me. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed these reviews. Hopefully you look forward to what's coming up later this week. Uh, I'm doing Bloodshot Review. I told Aaron to do uh, The Hunt because he liked it more than me. I I thought, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you know, I was going to say it for Blush, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. The Hunt is a good time. I gave it four out of five markouts on the markout meter. Uh, it's satire. It makes fun of both political parties. Uh, so it is a movie that could offend people. But I had a good time with it. I don't think it's a perfect movie uh, by any means. Uh, you know the ending wasn't wasn't what I hoped it would be, uh, but I'm not gonna review that movie. I'm gonna leave that for Aaron to do because he really enjoyed it. Um, I did too. I had a blast with it. It's just some things I didn't quite enjoy as much, but overall, the overall picture, it's a great time. It's a great ride. Uh, it's fun. It just uh, diverts a little bit for me. But not enough, not to get a good score. I mean, four out of five is great. I thought it was a great, it was a great time. It was a good old time. I have a review up in on Letterboxd. If you want to check that out, it's at Brandon's Creek. Check that out there at Letterboxd. Just look up Brandon's Creek, and you'll see some reviews. I've got over a hundred. Been doing it since last year, so yeah. So it's been fun to do that on there. Um, but anyway, I'm doing a review of Bloodshot. He's gonna do a review of uh, The Hunt. I'm going to do uh, one of my reading, Greenwater, um, at some point this week. And we're going to come back this week, this Friday, and do a versus mode of Contagion, which I am watching tonight, and Outbreak, which starred Dustin Hoffman 
And I want to say Morgan Freeman's in it, too. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I know it's about a monkey that carries carries a virus. This was Aaron's pick. Um, with everything going on in the world with the you know coronavirus. So we'll talk about those films this week. And But thank you for listening. Seriously. Bottom of our hearts. Thank you for taking the time out and listening to us. We very much appreciate it. We're hoping to build this podcast up. He's talking about getting a Patreon page and all that good stuff. So um, we're just trying to grow. And we hopefully you follow us on this journey. Uh, no idea where it's leading. But, you know, I didn't get in get into this for any real reason other than to talk about movies and talk about entertainment. And uh, that's the reason I got into it, just to talk about it. And it was a good opportunity. Uh, I'm glad I did it. And I, I, I have fun doing it. And uh, I appreciate everyone that listens and supports us. From the bottom of my heart, I appreciate it. Aaron appreciates it. Um... I know last year I talked about it a lot more than I should have, but I, we, we both appreciate all our listeners. Thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. As again, this has been Brandon Spivey from the Mark Out Movie Podcast. I'll see you soon.